All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday. A great show for us. We are going to talk to one of the most decorated and thoughtful federal prosecutors from the state of Connecticut, federal prosecutor, 30 years. David X. Sullivan's here on the show today. We're going to talk about why is the Hunter Biden investigation taking so long? It doesn't seem like it should be this long. I don't understand why it's taking so long. So he's going to give us some insights. He is actually a money laundering expert, did a lot of the more complicated financial crime investigations that happened in the Connecticut, New York area, very well respected, brought down to the Justice Department during the Bush years after 9-11 to supervise some of the important money laundering, counterterrorism efforts after the tragic events of 9-11. And he's going to give us his insights. Is the Justice Department politicized? Is it just slow and plotting? What's going on? Is there political pressure coming in not to indict Hunter Biden? We're going to tackle all of that today. And then we're going to take you to a fun topic. I don't hardly talk about comics, but I love comic books. I loved them as a child. Superman, Star Wars, we all had them, right? Everybody looked at them, enjoyed them. Well, that industry has gone a little bit woke, just like the rest of Hollywood and entertainment and news and, and quite frankly, big corporations. A guy who has bucked the trend, who proved that you can leave behind the famous Marvel and DC comics and Warner Brothers and all those and break out on your own return comics to the true American values and succeed. I know he can do it because he's done it. His name is Gabe El Taib, tremendous artist. He was on the Superman project for DC Comics and then didn't like the woke approach when they took out, get a load of this, you're, you're going to find this hard to believe. You're going to hear about it from him firsthand, but they got rid of the truth, justice, and the American way line from Superman and turned it out for something else that had some wokeism in it. And that was enough for Gabe. He said, I'm done. He went out and started his own comic book company. He started a second project that with another key comic artist has now raised $3 million in crowdfunding. This is big stuff. Gabe El-Tayyib, you're going to love him. He's infectious, energetic, lovable, and does great comics. And he's breaking out from the mold. David Sullivan Gabe El Taib, two great guests. You haven't heard from them before in this show. You're going to love them. I'm going to bring a lot to the table today. So let's not waste any more time. Let's go right to a commercial break. Hear from our amazing sponsors, advertisers, and partners. And then we'll get right back. First up, Dave Sullivan, David X. Sullivan, the great 
former federal prosecutor from the state of Connecticut, knows John Durham. Got a lot to talk about right after this commercial message. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Earlier in the podcast, we talked about this extraordinary letter that Senator Charles Grassley has sent the FBI director of the Attorney General Merrick Garland saying he has whistleblowers who have witnessed political bias, inappropriate opening or closing of cases that don't either meet the predicate or did meet the predicate, got closed down anyways, from Hunter Biden to investigations on Donald Trump. Very concerned. I think the language in the letter that was so jarring to most people when they saw this break uh, yesterday was, if these allegations are true, 
and accurate, the Justice Department and the FBI are instantly corrupted to their very core, to the point in which the United States Congress and American people will no longer have confidence in their mission or their equal application of the law. That's a direct quote from Senator Charles Gossie. Now, our next guest has spent 30 years working for the Justice Department, putting bad guys away. One of the best prosecutors in the entire country when it comes to money laundering and financial crimes. He recently went to the private sector, ran for Congress in Connecticut, and really is one of the most eloquent voices in all of the law enforcement community. He is former assistant U.S. attorney, David Sullivan, now a lawyer at the McCarter Law Firm. David, great to have you on the show today. John, thank you so much. And I go by David X. Sullivan, and that's because there are two other David Sullivans at the Department of Justice. What are the chances of that? Pleasure. <laughs> David X. Sullivan. Um, Sullivan is the Irish form of Smith, John. Exactly. That it is. My mother named me appropriately. <laughs> I love it. You take great pride in the work, and 99% of the people that work in the Justice Department every day are there to do the people's work, to do good. They put bad guys away. They work long hours. That's something most Americans don't see. But in the last six or seven years, there has been a, a steady drumbeat of evidence, sometimes slow to come out, that there are a few people in there that are trying to turn politics into the mission of these agencies. Your thoughts when you hear that Senator Grassley letter, that language, those allegations from the multiple whistleblowers? Well, I've always found Senator Grassley to be a straight shooter. Um, he's Midwestern, he speaks his mind, and uh, it's very plain language. So if, if he feels that this is a bona fide concern at the, and that there are whistleblowers, and I'm sure there are if he's made that uh, representation, uh, that's very troubling. Uh, the FBI uh, has enjoyed a very prominent place in our history, especially in the law enforcement area. And since 9-11, um, you know, their mission sort of changed from traditional law enforcement to wanting to be as well um, an intelligence agency. And the difference between law enforcement and the intelligence uh, in, uh, you know, area is that law enforcement's largely reactive. And in the intelligence community, you have to be one step ahead of everybody else. Uh, so you have to be proactive. And that's a, that's a huge mission to uh, take on. But, you know, this is sadly not really a surprise. I think back to January 5th of 2020 uh, and Susan Rice, the outgoing national security advisor for president. 2017, right? But this was right. This is after the election, January 5. She memorializes on her way out the door on January 20th as the Trump administration is coming in uh, in a, an email memo to herself, a meeting of President Obama, President, uh, Vice President uh, Biden at the time, uh, Comey, Clapper, and Brennan. So you have the FBI director, you have the DNI, Director of National Intelligence, and the Director of CIA all meeting. Peter Strzok is in the meeting, an FBI agent, memorialized this with notes uh, talking about uh, General Michael Flynn, the incoming National Security Advisor, and how they should consider going after him under the Logan Act, which was very interesting. You talk about the peaceful transition of power. That, that always troubled me. And here was an FBI agent, and here are all these heads of these agencies in Washington doing something like this. And was that politically motivated? That's a question that was never really asked by many in the media and never answered. But now hearing what uh, Senator Grassley is talking about, I think that sadly this has become a trend and we need to have integrity when we consider our law enforcement agencies. There have been so many attacks on local law enforcement throughout the country and, and, and largely unfairly. And now 
we look at these federal agencies, we have to make sure that the American people are comfortable and believe that there is integrity that far exceeds any political agenda of any individuals. So I, I think it's very troubling, John. Yeah, it really is. And a lot of people are talking about it because one of the great things about Senator Grassley, he always has specifics, right? There are specific emails, specific witnesses, and he makes these allegations. He never makes them lightly. He goes to great detail to make sure before he brings something to the attention of leadership, it's well documented. I think yesterday's letter caught so many people by surprise of the level of specificity that was in it. I think it'll be very interesting to see Christopher Ray, Attorney General Garland, two people who've had a long distinguished career in the law community, whether they actually engage and try to address these concerns. Because I go around a lot more times today than maybe 10 years ago, people say, you know, if the FBI came, I'm not sure I would cooperate with them. And I think that's a bad thing. We need to have the confidence to cooperate when the FBI calls asking our help. Um, as you look out right now, there is this feeling more than half of the country, I would say, and certainly the polling shows that, that there's a two-tier system of justice, that the Colbert Nine can trespass multiple times in the, in the Capitol building and not get prosecuted, but some of the people who just went into the Capitol building on January 6th did nothing else but just entered, they do get prosecuted. You see the difference in the way Peter Navarro is arrested versus the way Michael Sussman was arrested. All throughout this process now, there seems to be a growing number of examples of two people in similar circumstances getting treated differently. As a former federal prosecutor who knew how it worked on the inside, do you have those concerns? Does it feel like there may be a dual system of justice, at least in Washington? Well, um, it's it's presentation. I, I think ultimately, you know, when you bring a case uh, before a court, I think that uh, you have... Um, not just a district court judge, but you're going to ultimately, if they make bad decisions, there are going to be remedies at the Court of Appeals. Um, I know that uh, Steve Bannon was convicted last week. Um, the government put on two evidence, uh, two witnesses. Uh, one was, I think, uh, counsel for the committee and an FBI agent. Um, the defense for Mr. Bannon decided not to call any witnesses and filed, uh, made a motion for a Rule 29 motion, which is motion for judgment of acquittal. Um, as a matter of law. Um, that was obviously denied, but it's preserved for appeal. Um, a jury convicted him. Uh, but again, there were others that were never brought to district court. And, and, and you can look at these cases, and uh, I don't believe that Mr. Bannon ever honored the subpoena uh, that, that Congress sent him so that he appeared and then took uh, the Fifth Amendment. I, I'm, I'm troubled by the, the, uh, the, the special or the select committee and the January 6th hearings, because again, I've been concerned about due process, but um, if this is, it, it, it seems to me that it's almost being run like a grand jury. And uh, unlike a grand jury, which is done under the veil of secrecy, they're doing something unprecedented, uh, unprecedented which was uh, having nighttime, primetime hearings, which was very odd. And uh, some things were off, uh, off limits. One was, what was um, Nancy Pelosi doing uh, at the time on January 6th? What was uh, Senator Grassley? These are the people that are running the United States Capitol and uh, you know the Capitol Hill police are taking direction from them. Congress does not have under Article One uh, the authority to engage in criminal investigations. So had uh, Steve Bannon gone uh, to the hearing, had he said, I, I respectfully am going to invoke my Fifth Amendment rights um, on each and every question, and I question, you know, the legality of these hearings, 
Um, he may be in a different position, but, you know, everybody makes their choices. So I think it's very fair to say that um, how Republicans have been treated and how Democrats have been treated. You can go all the way back to Senator uh, Ted Stevens um, from Alaska. Um, and it's funny, uh, Judge uh, Emmett Sullivan presided, I believe, over that trial as well. And I'm not making I'm not making any you know, any disparaging remarks about uh, the judge, but um, Republicans definitely seem to be um, uh, more aggressively pursued by law enforcement and by the Department of Justice. Uh, it'll be very interesting with Hunter Biden. I know last week they were saying that uh, we're coming to a critical point. I'm not sure what that means. Is there a statute of limitations that's about to run or are they about to indict? Uh, I know that, you know, on letterhead from uh, the Biden transition team in November, December of 2020, there's a statement that Hunter Biden was being investigated for, quote, tax matters uh, by the uh, Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office. And I thought that's brilliant. Under Title 26, there are no asset forfeiture laws. So if he were to be adjudicated guilty or plead guilty to, a, uh, like, say, tax evasion, well, you can't go after Burisma money. You can't go after Chinese money. You can't go after oligarch money. But um, if they find that he engaged in money laundering or money laundering conspiracy under uh, 1956 of Title 18, that's a 20-year felony. And those assets could be forfeited. But again, if you're engaged in a money laundering conspiracy, you have to conspire with somebody else. And I know there's been discussions about um, his, his uncle, uh, Jim Biden, and uh, the big guy. If you uh, watch the Tony Bobolinsky interview, which I thought was very compelling. And uh, you know what's even more compelling is the silence around Tony Bobolinsky's testimony. Nobody's gone after to Tony Bobolinsky uh, uh, and said, oh, this guy's a crackpot. They basically left him alone, and there are, I believe, reasons to that. The FBI has had that laptop for almost two years, and I find it very troubling that they've yet to really do anything that the American people um, uh, are privy to. Um, I, I think this could be much larger than a Watergate situation where you had a, a, a sitting president who was um, deemed to be engaged in uh, obstruction of justice or involved in a cover-up. If money has been going uh, improperly, illegal, uh, illegally to Hunter Biden and perhaps other family members, um, that's very problematic. And uh, uh, I, I teach money laundering, uh, anti-money laundering. Uh, I don't want to teach people how to launder money, but to detect it. And I think there's a very compelling prima facie case based upon what has been revealed from the laptop. Um, and based upon Mr. Bobolinsky's uh, interview, that I would hope that, that uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware was also looking into um, these charges through a grand jury investigation. But again, you have a sitting United States attorney in Delaware that was appointed by this president, uh, and this is his son. Um, you have a sitting uh, attorney general, Merrick Garland, who was appointed by this president, and uh, I think potentially we really have to consider here um, uh, the appointment of a special counsel or special prosecutor uh, to look at dispassionately all of this evidence. Um, and that's really what it's about. Uh, zealously going and doing your job dispassionately, not with an outcome determinative, not with a political agenda to promote, but that's what the American people 
deserve, and that's what we should demand. I don't know what the outcome of that will be. I do believe in the presumption of innocence, and but when I see evidence, um, I, and it's compelling, I definitely think it warrants further investigation. So we will see. But um, had this been a Republican uh, son of a president, well, I, I think uh, there are a lot of people that would maintain that uh, uh, there would be a lot more buzz uh, in the mainstream media. I think that there'd be conversations on talk radio and uh, cable television. And quite frankly, the story that there was um, this Hunter Biden um, investigation was coming to a critical stage. I do know that last week, ABC, NBC, CBS and CNN did not even cover that story. What are they afraid of? Uh, We can't be afraid of the truth. Yeah, it is absolutely stunning. You're so right to say to point that out. The media have been more as complicit as maybe some of the bureaucrats who aren't doing their job in keeping the public in the dark about things, whether it was the Hunter Biden laptop during the election or these most recent revelations. You did a lot of complicated money laundering cases. Most people ask me this question. It's been four years since the FBI opened up on Hunter Biden. It's been more than two years since the emails came out showing that he had been warned repeatedly. These are his own emails, authenticated by his own business partners, that he hadn't paid taxes on the money he got from Burisma. It's been more than two years since the Senate put out the suspicious activity reports showing these payments to potential prostitution rings and Russian, Ukrainian human traffickers, at least according to the Senate report. And people say, well, four years, what's it take so long to get a guy like Hunter Biden and make a decision on him? How do money laundering in tax cases go? Can they be complicated? Can they take time? Or is there a political explanation for why this case is dragged on so long? Well, I I think it can actually be both. Um, Financial investigations usually take much more time. If you were issuing grand jury subpoenas to financial institutions, um, if you're trying to look at what is legitimate sources of income, as opposed to expenditures that would suggest that um, this far exceeds what they're reporting on tax returns. You know, the reality is with taxes, um, you know, we have a system of taxation that is a system of self-assessment. And quite frankly, you tell the government every year, this is what I made um, and this is what I owe. And it's, it's really kind of frightening, but really less than 1% of all tax returns every year are audited. Of course, you don't want to go to bed at night being that 1%. Um, so it, it's one of those things where you, you, you really, um, it's a gamble. But, you know, to do a very thorough financial investigation, it does take time. And I've said to people, the wheels of justice often move slowly, but they do move. But sometimes um, time can be um, a target's best friend. Um, Agencies lose interest. um, Their witnesses, uh, memories uh, get a little darker. Um, People forget. Evidence gets stale. Uh, so it's really important that if you're going to do this, you 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 keep your momentum going. But um, this is this is a case that I think uh, would would and should be a high priority because you know we want to talk about we want integrity in not just with our law enforcement but with our entire system uh, you know system of government. And people now tell me, and when I ran for Congress in Connecticut, I had people telling me I just don't trust the news anymore. I don't know what to believe. But when you start to undermine our institutions and, and, and they unravel because uh, they're imploding, I mean, that, that's very frightening. 
And, uh, you know, we, we have the Constitution to fall back on. And quite frankly, there are a lot of people now uh, in recent polls that say they, they're, not, uh, they're not as supportive of the Constitution. I don't think they really understand that there are really no good alternatives uh, to the freedoms that they enjoy by our Constitution. And uh, that includes uh, in, in the criminal justice process. But um, it, it shouldn't take this long. Um, I think that, you know, they've had that laptop. Uh, it seems like a lot of people um, who follow certain networks, uh, not all of them who don't cover these stories, but they're all arriving at their own opinions. And they're, like I said earlier, there is a prima facie case here to be made. And a grand jury looks for probable cause. Is there a probable cause that a crime has been committed? Well, what is probable cause? That is simply that a crime more likely than not has been committed. That's a very low standard to bring a case. Of course, if the government brings a case, they have to prove it, each and every element of each and every offense charged beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's a very high burden. But, uh, you know, if you can't get a case like this done, coming right out of the FBI in, in Washington, D.C., um, it, it, it's incredulous to think that um, we shouldn't be getting some answers with respect to that investigation, if there truly is an investigation going on. But um, uh, I think public trust um, is definitely wavering in, in many, many uh, you know, uh, people's minds, and, and that's truly unfortunate, and we need to do more uh, to bring confidence back to our, our, our legal system um, and the way government works in this country. When you look at someone like Chris Ray, who's been in the system for a long time and, and a believer in the system, I mean, one of the things that I, I know about Chris Ray, having met him in the past, is he believes that the FBI can do good work, that the system works when you trust it. Should there have been or should there be a larger repudiation of some of the things that we've seen? We now know that the FISA court you know, has concluded that two of the FISAs were completely erroneous. We know the Steele dossier was discredited early on, but the FISA court in Congress wasn't told of its problems. Would a stronger repudiation from those in leadership of the wrongdoing that's now in the public and kind of obvious, would that help bring the public to a greater degree of trust? Is that one of the problems here, the lack of accountability and repudiation for things we now know are wrong? Well, you know, we seem to have a very short bench in Washington, D.C., um, Chris Ray has been the director of the FBI. He's actually held many positions in the Department of Justice. Uh, I, I don't know Chris Ray. I've never met Chris Ray, but um, it may be time uh, for the FBI and other places that we start to really um, like an NFL team. Sometimes it's time to make a change. Sometimes it, 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 sometimes it's better to start bringing in new people who can approach uh, old problems in new ways. And um, I think that um, the FBI at this point, um, and perhaps other agencies, really, we, we, we need to revisit, and perhaps um, in two years with um, a presidential election coming up, there'll be a change of administration, and uh, we can move forward from there. Uh, I, I, I really don't know um, how to fix all of these things, but um, I think there are a lot of able-bodied people who uh, would be up to the task to try. And, uh, you know, I, I, I recall um, a uh, Washingtonian magazine article, I think it was, don't hold me to this, 2013, and it was an article about uh, James Comey and um, uh, Robert Mueller and uh, a friendship forged under fire. 
it, it, and I, I would bring that into some of my graduate national security classes, um, talking about that dynamic. And this was years before um, the Mueller report, or any of that. Um, Chris Ray, I believe, was also included in that article. These are people that have been around the Washington game for a very long time. Uh, you've seen that in presidential administrations as well. Some people who served in the Ford administration and a Bush administration and others, um, some were there for many, many years. Sometimes it may be better to sort of uh, shake it up a little bit and, um, you know, give other people the opportunity uh, to try and at least give the American people uh, a sense of confidence. And I don't believe that they have one right now, regardless of what your politics are. Um, you know, during the last administration, um, you know, everyone was crazy about Trump was going to fire, fire Mueller. He did not. Trump was going to fire, um, you know, James Comey. He did not. Uh, but, you know, those stories had great life uh, back in 2016. And then, of course, you're right. We had this dossier and um, there were 17 material errors and omissions in those uh, three uh, in the original application, and I believe the two uh, subsequent applications uh, to the FISA courts, and mistakes like that at that level should not happen, and they did, and um, an entire administration was, um, you know, uh, cast in a very poor light about something that never really occurred. And that's very unfortunate. And the real, the real victims of that are the American people. Uh, it's time that we, we have greater integrity and a higher sense of journalism as well. Uh, you can't look at any of these things in a vacuum. You're so right. I mean, it really, it's the, it's the alliance of the bad reporting with the misconduct of the FBI officials that we now know has been proven, right? We know there's an FBI officials pled guilty to altering documents. We know that the FISA court has concluded the FBI made false allegations and, and unsupported, unsubstantiated allegations to sustain the investigation. But the two together is what made it so powerful, made it so believable, because the media and the bureaucrats all seem to be saying the same thing. And so people believed an illusion that really was never there are there some checks and balances? I know we have the Inspector General of the Justice Department. Clearly, he played an important role in helping us understand what was right and wrong about the Russia case. But should there be more checks and balances in the system? You worked in it. You know the people that aspire to be civil servants. What checks and balances could we add to the system to give people a greater sense of confidence? John, quite frankly, I, I worked for 30 years for the Department of Justice. Um, uh, I worked in the District of Connecticut, which is one federal district, and, and I worked with John Durham and many, many fine prosecutors and, and people that um, were very conscientious about their jobs. I think there are adequate uh, you know, checks and balances in place, but again, um, everything can be manipulated. Um, I think we can always look to do better, but if people would just adhere to um, the system and, and the policies and procedures that are in place, uh, I don't think we'd be having the problems that we have today. And I think very clearly, again, with Senator Grassley saying that there are whistleblowers, and I look forward to hearing uh, from all of them as to, to what they, they report, that um, you know we have laws in place, we have policies in place, 
when laws are broken, when policies are broken, there should be accountability. That's the way these things work. That's the way checks and balances work. Right now, we, we don't have prosecutors that are, you know, zealously pursuing those who have been arrested for crimes uh, in state, federal, local levels. And, you know, when you look at these federal agencies, I think they reflect very much what's going on in the criminal justice process um, throughout, throughout the country. So there may be others. I, I really couldn't offer you any suggestions at this point, other than there are ones that have worked because uh, I worked within a system that I thought had great integrity. And, and I was very proud to be a part of that. And uh, there are days now that I'm not so sure I can say the same moving forward prospectively, but um, it, it can be done. It has been done and it should be done again. We will see. Yeah, such an important thing. And the District of Connecticut has produced so many great prosecutors over the years, some of the best financial crime experts yourself included. It's one of the places where I think a lot of people are proud of the record of achievement and prosecution that's occurred there. Uh, last piece of question, because after you left your public service, you ran for Congress a couple of years ago. You got the chance to go out and meet everyday voters. This idea that law and order has been eroded by these woke district attorneys at the local level how big an issue do you think crime, law, and order will be in the next election? Well, definitely in the inner cities, which are largely Democrat-controlled, I think it's going to be a very big issue. You know, it really, it really depends. Uh, there are always other issues that sort of become uh, the flavor of the day. Uh, right now, we, we have so much, there's so much violence, um, and people don't feel safe. And, um, you know, that's one of the, the, the tenets of government. You want to have national security. You want to have security in your communities. And government should provide that. And um, people who take these jobs um, should you know, be very sincere and, and, and take those in the world. But so does good. And uh, there are always mitigating circumstances in individual you know, uh, situations. But at the same time, the rule of law, not the rule of convenience. And right now, we seem to be you know, uh, governed uh, by the rule of convenience. Um, we need to we need to get back to the rule of law. And um, that's that's not happening. Um, and, and John, I, I will say I did work with many fine people and they engaged in financial crimes um, investigations in Connecticut. And by way of full disclosure, your brother, Mark, was one of those. So I just wanted to mention that he was uh, an excellent detective at the Greenwich Police Department and part of the Secret Service Financial Crimes Task Force. And it was a real pleasure working with him as well. Well, that is great news to hear. I'm very proud of my brother and I'm proud of the work. And I grew up in Connecticut and there, there's a great ethos in the law enforcement of Connecticut. It just seems to produce really remarkable folks who do great investigations. And there's a little bit of an ethos in the state, all the politics aside, because it's a left-leaning state, but the ethos of the law enforcement is, hey, let's just do the right thing. And I think a lot of people wish that could spread across the country again, because that's the way it felt like in all 50 states for a long time. Clearly, as you mentioned, eroded now, but this next election could be a course correction on that. David, how do people follow the good work that you do? You do some writing, obviously you do a lot of great work at the Ricardo Law Firm. What's the best way for people to stay in touch with you? Well, from Boston to Miami, if you're going north to south. Um, and, um, you know, you can follow me there uh, right now uh, or um, uh, AUSADXS at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from people and their thoughts. And that stands for Assistant United States Attorney David X. Sullivan. I've had that for a long time. Uh, people are like, that's a very strange. I like it, though. It's, it's, it's distinctive. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I'm no longer uh, in the political game, but I will always, you know, uh, follow the system and uh, hold people accountable. And I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, John, and, and be able to speak on your podcast uh, to others that I know listen to you. Um, I believe in civility of the process. We can agree and disagree on many things, but that, that's the beauty of this country. And um, we, we have to find that again. You're so right. You're so right. And I think just the way you were able to describe things, so you get a sense that you can be hard and, and work at things and try to correct what's wrong without having to be mean-spirited. And I think that's one of the things Americans are craving. They're craving people who get things done, can call an ace an ace, but also get it done. And the work you did in Connecticut creates a really remarkable record for federal prosecutors to follow. So David, thanks so much for the time today. Really enjoyed the conversation. I think our listeners really enjoyed it. We're going to be watching all these important developments over the next few months. Hope to have you back on. Well, thank you, John. It was my pleasure. Be well. All right. You as well. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to introduce you to a comic book artist who has made history going out on his own, rejecting some of the censorship in the comic book industry today. You're going to love to hear this story right after the commercial break. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Over the weekend, we had a great story at Just the News about country music star, John Rich bypassing the normal systems for entertainment and releasing a patriotic song on Truth Social just there. And it soared to number one on Apple Music, despite being shunned by all of the traditional music places. There is a new pathway being created in America for entrepreneurs in the entertainment space. They don't have to just go through and bow to Hollywood's woke ways. There are all sorts of new opportunities doing it. And our next guest is a living example of the new way that people can get out and get to America while going around some of the log jams that Hollywood has created for ideological tests. His name is Gabe 
El Taib, and he was one of the great artists working on Marvel comic things like Superman. I mean, some of the biggest comics in all of America. He became concerned that the company was becoming too woke, and he went out and started his own comic book enterprise, and it is thriving and growing. It's amazing. Welcome to the show for the first time, Gabe El Taib. Gabe, great to have you on. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a nice little intro you gave me there. So I'm ready to talk about this stuff because uh, I'm happier and healthier and wealthier and closer to my wife and kids and God and everything since I took that leap to, uh, to tell ugly, woke Hollywood, I'm too good for you. I'm not going to waste my time make, helping you make filth. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. It's such an amazing thing. See, you're working with DC Comics, right? For about 15 years. It's one of the top comic book companies in the world. You get on the Superman project. I mean, that's got to be like the dream for any great artist. And all of a sudden you start to sense that this company's going in a direction. Tell us what happens at that moment when you realize that they've kind of gone off the rails. Well, there was, a, there was the, the tipping point for me was this last uh, summer. Uh, a year ago summer, you know what I mean? And I ended up walking away in October. Um, I had worked at DC Comics. I got hired at the end of 2007. I, I dreamed of being a Superman, Batman, Spider-Man artist since I was a little boy. I just had my 44th birthday two days ago, but I dreamed of this since middle school. And um, my favorite artist that I noticed when I was 12, I noticed his X-Men work. He hired me. All my dreams came true, John. I worked my butt off. I went to college. I got an art degree. I did little low-paying art jobs forever. I worked so hard, blood, sweat, and tears to get there. Warner Brothers, top of the heap. I mean, they're called superheroes. And I got out that, and it's Superman, superhero. He is the quintessential superhero. And I noticed Marvel and DC and Disney and all of our entertainment being in, infected with wokeism and socialism, communism, and all that stuff. And I ignored it for a few, like the last four or five years. It's like, well, we do 70, 80 books a month at DC Comics, and it's not my book. There's like four weird books. And then a year later, it's like, well, there's 20 weird books. And then a year later, it's like 70% of the books are weird. And then finally, I get, uh, I get told, we're launching a new Superman, all new, number one issue, a big time writer, a big time illustrator, and we want you to color it, Gabe. And uh, I'm like, wow, Superman, here it is, the top of the top. And then I find out who the writer is, and he's a very outspoken, like, social justice, woke, America-hating, freedom-hating, he's your Hollywood guy. You know what I mean? He's this kind of guy. We're all base, uh, racist, bigot, homophobes. He, he doesn't really like people like us, um, you know. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, Superman, maybe he won't go crazy. I get the first script, and the name of the story is Truth, Justice, and a Better World. And I'm like... I see what he's up to. <laughs> yeah. He's messed with royalty. Yeah. Right. He, he knows better than 75 years of the comic book industry. He, all of 40 years old or whatever. He just sit down, everyone. Tom Taylor's going to tell you what's really true about heroism and superheroes. It's like, how dare you? You didn't build these characters. You didn't build this industry. You didn't do any of this. And you show up and look at it and uh, I'm not impressed. And you're going to change everything to suit your narcissistic agenda. So that was step one that set me off there. Then they're like, oh, yeah, Superman, uh, he doesn't, you know, they'd already gotten rid of his American citizenship, you know, and now they're getting rid of his credo. And to me, it was just the last straw. And, uh, and I, so I quit the book. I quit. I, I sacrificed my career. I was making six figures a year working in the mainstream as a comic artist until COVID hit. Then things slowed down for everyone. 
But yeah, I made six figures easily and I worked for everyone, mostly DC Comics, but I worked a little bit for Marvel. I worked on Star Wars, Transformers, G.I. Joe, you name it. All those little boy fantasies I had in my life, I got to be a part of them. If you go to Disneyland right now, the new Star Wars land, the black and orange X-Wing fighters and the white and blue ones, I came up with that in the Dark Horse comics back in 2014, the new color schemes. So I can stand in front of a life-size X-Wing and the thing I loved to draw first when I was three years old was X-Wings. Star Wars was the first thing I loved to draw when I was a little kid. So when I say I gave up my lifelong dream to fight woke, it's absolutely true. And it was heartbreaking. But I'll tell you, John, San Diego Comic-Con just ended. It was uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Right. And, uh, and I've had a booth in Artist Alley where I autograph and I draw for people for like 12, 13, 14 years, something like that. And I didn't want to go to Comic-Con this year. I didn't know if all my former, quote, friends in the industry would be mean to me. I'd be a pariah or they're afraid to talk to me, some of them, because it's cancel culture. You know, if they're seen talking to the right wing white supremacist, I mean, I'm half Mexican, half Libyan, by the way. But I'm apparently I'm like in a white supremacist group because I don't want to do woke stuff like what I'm the world's worst white supremacist. And uh, I was afraid, you know, are they going to want to fight with me, call me names? Is it going to get awkward? And uh, I didn't go the first two days. And then I went. And it was such an amazing thing. It was like, I, I hate that Oprah ruined this word, but it was closure. I walked around. DC Comics for the first time in like 30, 40 years didn't even have a booth. Warner Brothers didn't have a booth at the biggest comic convention in the world. Dark Horse Comics, like the third or fourth biggest publisher, I worked for them plenty on Star Wars. They didn't have a booth. And to see the sad state of the comic book industry, I was like, oh, I did make the right choice to leave and go independent. You know what I mean? So and I was worried that I would go there and go, oh, I was leaving DC Comics a mistake. Maybe. Yeah, you get the buyer's remorse, right? It hasn't happened. I got a little scared, but hey, I think that's how God tests us and all that. And uh, when I, yeah, it was so great to go. So, um, but anyway, I got off track. So they ruined uh, Superman. And I, uh, my friend, Ethan Van Skyver, he was the top artist at Marvel and DC in the early 2000s. He was ruling Marvel with his sales on X-Men. And then over in the later 2000s, he was on like Green Lantern and Flash for DC. And he voted for Trump. And the day after Trump won, he posted like a selfie with like a MAGA hat. Right. And he got canceled after that. Wow. So he went independent. He's a great entertainer, like a Rush Limbaugh, Howard Stern. He's a great like personality on the radio kind of thing. So he does a YouTube show, Comic Artist Pro Secrets. And he has a whole movement that he and a few other people really, um, they champion. And we call ourselves Comics Gate. Because the scandal in our business was like, you know, Watergate or all those, all those gates. So the scandal was called Comicsgate, and they just called us all racist and bigots. So uh, I joined Comicsgate in October out of my um, disgust with what they'd done to Superman. And, uh, you know, it was a scary moment. And I had to pray and think. And like, it was, I felt like Indiana Jones stepping into that chasm in the, uh, in the third movie with uh, Sean Connery. He can't see that rock bridge because of the perspective it's in. But when he steps on it, even though it looks invisible, it's there. And I, I said, God, don't let me fall. And he didn't let me fall. He picked me up higher than ever. I told you, I'm, I'm debt-free. I'm healthier than ever. I have a better relationship with my wife and kids. I'm just happier than ever. My artwork is better than ever, making more money than ever. And it's just like my whole life is just, it was like gray and dingy and miserable working in the man mainstream. And it's like a spring day. Uh, it's liberation, isn't it? Oh, it's liberty is the only thing that matters. And I have it in spades now. My cup runneth over. I can't, some of the secret deals I have going on, I can't even tell you. Um, but it's amazing what's happening with the independent stuff. 
because I have my book, and I want everyone that can hear the sound of my voice. My name is Gabe El Taib. Now, you're going to be able to find me easy because I'm the only person on earth with that name. <laughs> so my last name is Beetle, spelled backwards, like the band. It's, yeah, it's E-L-T-A-E-B. I always slow down at the end because people transpose the B-E. But it's, yeah, it's El Taib. If you look for Gabe El Taib, and my comic book is called Truth, Justice, American Way. And yes, that is intentional to DC Comics. Like, how dare you ruin Superman? They never trademarked that, right? No, they don't. Oh, no, they don't. I wish they would have tried to sue me, though. They would have just made me an instant millionaire because of the publicity. But no, they don't have, they don't have the trademark for that. They gave that up. One of the most iconic sayings in all of uh, American entertainment, right, and it wasn't right. trademarked. Oh, well, now now it's truth, justice, and a better world, or truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. They have two, and I don't know which they're fixated on. But what it basically means is America sucks, your traditions suck, your religion sucks, and we hate you, white man. That's what it means. And I'm not even a white guy. I'm not sticking up for white guys because I'm prejudiced. I'm not white. I, I get pulled out of line at the airport more than, more than most people. That's what I look like. I do, um, but that, I'm a Mexican Libyan. My dad's from Libya, and he escaped the socialist hellhole. I, I told you when I was on your show on Friday, and it was so great to be there with you and Amanda. And I'll come on anytime. I'll be your entertainment correspondent because I am, I, I am deep in this industry, man. I know where all the bodies are buried. I was at Warner Brothers forever. But um, socialism, Gaddafi, Libya, they killed my grandfather. They killed my dad's friends. Secret police taking my dad's friends away in the middle of the night, chopping them up putting them in a bag, the pieces, and throwing them on the parents' doorstep because my dad and his friends dared to talk about Gaddafi in secret meetings and say they didn't like what he was doing. So that's what socialism is. And, and you know, that's why I won't be a part of cancel culture, communism, any of that crap, because how do you think it starts? You know how it starts? It starts, John, by saying, no, you have the wrong idea, John. Your idea is politically incorrect. You can't say that word. You can't have that idea. You're a bigot, racist, homophobe. That's how it starts. They don't build the gulags on the first day. They warm up to it, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I, and I won't be a part of it. There's no way. And on my mother's side, my grandfather fought in the Pacific, watched his friends die on those islands out there in World War II. This world we have, John, of abundance and security and wealth and just the greatest nation in the history of the world, Air conditioning, refrigerated, you know, food and medicine and internet and space travel, that was paid for in blood and guts. And how dare, how dare anyone say it doesn't matter? How dare anyone not respect it? And how dare anyone not pay it forward? I and you, all of us, everyone listening to me, you owe a blood debt to millions and millions of people who loved you and didn't even know you. They loved you enough to build this country with like a donkey and a shovel coming out here in the pioneer days and all of it. So I don't want to hear anyone say the American way doesn't matter. And, I, you know, my hero, Jim Lee, he's the vice president of Warner Brothers. He's a big dog over there at DC Comics. I chewed him out. I have his phone number. I text him when I left. And he's an immigrant from South Korea, by the way. He's a brilliant man. He's very smart, Princeton educated. And he's a good family man. But I chewed him out because he did wrong here by allowing this. And I told him, hey, Jim, South Korea didn't give you what you have. America gave you what you have. And it's the American way that matters. And we're going to get a little nerdy here on comic book stuff, but it matters because the symbology matters. The stories matter. Jesus told parables. Stories are the most important way to influence and persuade people. Um, when we say the American way with Superman, the reason that's so important is Superman can fly and he has laser vision and he has freeze breath and super hearing and blah, blah, blah. He can do all this stuff. 
no one can defeat him. He could then use those powers for evil and rule the world as an iron-fisted tyrant, but he doesn't because the most important thing about Superman is not any of his powers, it's his heart. It's that he's loving, he's kind, he has good judgment, he has restraint. That's what's written about when they write the best Superman stories is his love, and that's his character, and his character comes from his culture, and his culture comes from his adoptive human parents who were two Christian farmers from Smallville, Kansas. Superman couldn't be more American. And for a writer like Tom Taylor, who's not even American, by the way, he's Australian. So maybe he's jealous of America and nothing against Australian people. But like, how dare you? You're not even an American and you insult our country. Why don't you go work on the hit comic from Australia that's equal to Superman? Oh, wait, that doesn't exist. Like, how dare it disgust me? Yeah, the, the vision that they have for what makes this country great is what's so shocking right now. And I think it's what's going to underlie this next election, this next set of elections, which is people are going to say, you know what? Every country has its flaws, its, its moments that they're not happy with. But there's no country like America that has stood up and stood for freedom in the world at greater cost and at greater effort than that. And stop kicking dirt on this great country. I think the center of America is ready to say exactly what you said, Gabe, which is we got to pay it forward, not throw rocks at the past. I want to ask you a little bit about the market reaction to you, because you take this big leap of faith and you really have two projects. We haven't even talked about the other project yet. Let's start with Truth, Justice, American Way. You just launched that. You just crossed a really big threshold in the last couple of days, right? Proving that Americans are embracing what you're doing. Tell us about that threshold you crossed. Oh, last night we crossed $100,000 raised on Indiegogo.com for Truth, Justice, American Way. And if you love what I'm saying, if you love my story, you will love my book. So go out and get it. It's uh, for all ages. So that doesn't mean it's for little kids. And if you're an adult, you'll be bored. It's like Star Wars. You could be 50, 60, 70 and love it with light in your eyes. You could be seven year old, seven years old and love my book. So if you love what I'm saying right now, you love how I you love what I stand for. You love that I sacrificed my little boy dream. That's no joke, people. I love drawing so much. I've, God put that in me. I just started drawing when I was like three years old in the back of my Mexican grandparents' restaurant. They had a Mexican restaurant tortilla factory. And when my parents were off working and my brother was in kindergarten, there was nothing for me to do but hang around the restaurant. So I would just pull out reams of butcher paper and just draw Star Wars Space Battle. I love to draw. And to walk away from DC Comics and Batman heartbreaking but i had to i had to because what they're doing john it isn't like gross or distasteful it's evil it's actually evil what they're like true evil what they're doing you know and the market reaction as you asked has been amazing you know what i mean we have a hundred thousand and I, I i hope we're just getting started oh i'm sure you are i mean the word is just getting out what you've done i mean when people hear it entirely it's going to be huge we got to do it. And I'll let you ask me whatever you're about to ask me. But I got to say this. To, to those of you listening to me, we lost our culture because we gave up on entertainment. Somewhere 50, 60 years ago, I wasn't around. I'm only 44. Somewhere back in the 60s counterculture thing, conservatives, religious people, patriotic people, they looked at the filth of the hippies and all that and said, ah, entertainment, devil music, and walked away from the arts instead of fighting back harder with our own art. If you look at Western civilization, look at what the old art is. It's religious paintings. It's cathedrals. 
The origins of art, art should never be made to denigrate its own culture. Art should celebrate, reinforce, and teach the culture to the next generation. And we, shame on me and shame on all of us conservative, patriotic, religious people, we gave up on art for too long. And that's how we lost our culture. So this is how we win it back. We win it back by people doing what I did. You give up on Hollywood and you make a parallel economy. And if you can't do that, you're not an artist like me, then you support me and you buy my books because it takes money to make this stuff, guys. It isn't free. This is my job and I have to pay to print it. I have to pay to ship it. So if you can hear me right now, I need you to buy as much of this as you can because this is how we win our culture back. Again, Jesus told parables. Storytelling is the most important way to influence people. Why do you think Hollywood and the powers that be spend so much time on movies and TV? Because they know how it influences people. Our brains on the subconscious level, our brains cannot tell the difference between a story and reality on a subconscious level. So it's so important for them to tell woke, postmodern, anti-American stories, and it will eventually convince everyone that that's reality because they'll just bathe everyone in it for years. So you have to support me, please. I, I know you want to, and I'm excited to see it. Listen, Truth, Just, American Way is such a great project, such a great book. There is so much to be excited about here. And it's not your only project. You have another one that literally got global headlines just a few weeks ago. ISOM, a $3 million raise on a crowdfunding website. Tell us what you're doing with that project. Oh, my gosh. So I don't own that one, but I'm one of the artists on it. And my friend Eric July, he is uh, another white supremacist. Oh, wait, no, he's a black man from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> and uh, he has a huge YouTube channel, uh, Eric. And uh, he's a social commentator. And he, he agrees with me. He agrees with you, John, and he agrees with your audience that woke, you know, all this postmodern feminist critical race, it's garbage. It's evil. It's right from the devil. And he critiques it all day, every day for years. He has almost half a million subscribers on YouTube. He's really great, really charismatic guy. And his critics are like, oh, you talk a lot. Why don't you make your own? Well, he's always loved comics. So he's written his own story, Isom, I-S-O-M. And, and his screen name was like Young Ripa. You know what I mean? So his comic book universe is called Ripaverse. So if you go to Ripaverse, R-I-P-P-A-V-E-R-S-E.com, Ripaverse, you can find Isom. And since he has such a big audience, he had fans ready to buy. And we set the record for crowdfunding a comic book. It's over like 3.2 or maybe 3.3 by now, million dollars in funding on Isom. I'm so excited on that. Well, I, I'm hoping I get a bonus. But he paid me really, if he doesn't give me one, that's fine, because I didn't negotiate for one up front. But, and that's fair, but I think he will. Now listen, the real bonus is to the American people. They're getting this new high quality content that reflects their values, reflects all of our values. I mean, the truth of the matter is there's six to 8% of the elitists that are trying to control 100% of the dialogue in America. 95, 96% of Americans, they don't want this down on America, CRT stuff. They want what made this country great, celebrated for decades to come, handed down to their children. Your books, the ones you're creating, and these projects are something everyone's going to be proud to give their child, their grandchild. And we don't lose the great essence of DC comic books. I mean, DC comic books were about heroism. Now we seem to have anti-heroes and American hatred. It seems as though the market is craving what you want to do. What's next? I mean, how do you build on this new enterprise that you have stood up? Well, um, what's next is to just keep creating in our own space. And uh, I can't tell you some of the things I'm working on because they're huge, uh, they're secret, but we're just getting started. All made possible by the American people who have always been fighters. American people, one thing about America is 
and these listeners will know this is true when I say this, and, and, and the listeners are the kind of people that do this. You don't sit on the sidelines. When you see injustice and nonsense, it's been America to step in that gap and say, no. Who ended slavery in the Western world? A couple hundred thousand white Christian northern soldiers did that by dying. That's who did that. You know what I mean? Who destroyed the Nazis? It was the Russians too, sure, but it was definitely a ton of Americans in World War II and fighting off communism and, and getting the wall down in 1991, right? All of that. Americans do not sit idly by. And I did it. They told me, hey, Gabe, make trash woke Superman comics. And I didn't just sit there on my hands and go, okay. I said, no, I will not do your evil. I will not make your filth. You can't make me do that. My dad didn't come all the way here from a socialist dictatorship so I could recreate that nonsense here. Hell no, I won't do it. So um, no, 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 they've got me. And I just heard Disneyland. I love Disneyland and I hate what Disney has become as a woke corporation. Walt Disney is one of my heroes because he's a man from Marceline. Just a little, he wasn't rich. And look what he built, the most powerful, huge entertainment company that's brought so much good and joy to people. And I've loved going to Disneyland since I was a little boy. I live in Southern California. Born in Colorado, live in Southern California. And um, what they're doing to Walt Disney has me so upset. They took his speech, that opening day, 1955-day speech, out of that 67th anniversary celebration the other day. They didn't play his speech, and they want to phase Walt Disney out of the company like as a person. Because he's, pro he's problematic, John. And that's what these vultures do. Great men and women of this country, of all colors, races, whatever, built this country, like I said, with like a mule and a shovel, they built America. And a lot of dying, a lot of suffering to give us the abundance we have. And then these vultures, these communists, they come along, reap everything we've built, tell us we're evil racists, and shove us off. And then since they don't have the character and the discipline and the culture we have, it doesn't last. They take the rewards we've earned and then don't know how to keep replenishing them. So like I said, we lost our culture because we gave up on art. You guys can help me win it back. And that way your kids and your grandkids and all of them can have what we had. This great country that made a boy like me with a single mother, a top comic book artist. I couldn't have done this in Libya if I was in my dad's country. I couldn't have done this as easily in Mexico if I was in my mom's side of the family's country. This is the greatest nation in the history of the world. And I will not have my name on the list of people who helped destroy it. You can never get me to do that. Well, you're paying it forward. The courage it took for you to take these steps is one of your great payments forward to the next generation of Americans, because this is not an easy thing. I left the mainstream news media, started my own site a couple of years ago, and it's a big leap. But once you do it and you realize the industry, you weren't leaving the industry. The industry left you. The industry left its audience behind. You're actually going back to your audience. And I think that's what's so remarkably welcoming about it. I want to ask about this big picture because somewhere someone's listening today and they're in some company. Maybe it's a media company. Maybe it's an entertainment company. Maybe it's a, a traditional blue chip and they're inspired, but they aren't ready to make that leap. If someone like that is listening, and I'm sure there is, there's probably many of them today, what's the best advice you can give them? You've done it. You've proven it. You're a success story. You've got a whole new line of enterprising comics coming up. But what advice would you give that person who's sitting on the fence? They know they want to leave, but that fear still hasn't paralyzed. Uh, I will say this. God says... Uh, I'm a Christian. In the Bible, it says more than anything. The commandment is given over 400 times. It's fear not. Fear is faith. It is faith, but it's faith in evil. That's all fear is. And I would tell you, 
my favorite Roman emperor, yes, I have a favorite, is Marcus Aurelius, the great Roman emperor. And I keep his handbooks next to my desk. It's the emperor's handbook. It's called Meditations. Everyone, every man should, for sure, but everyone should have this book. My favorite quote of Marcus Aurelius is, the greatest way to keep in, uh, uh, intrinsic motivation is to focus on the current step. That means don't, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, do not stand in front of the mountain and look up thousands and thousands of feet. Nobody would climb it if they did that. What you do is look right in front of you and say, can I lift my feet 12 inches on this little rock? Okay, can I lift my other foot 12 more inches? The greatest way to stay motivated is to focus on the current step. So take it a piece at a time. If you need to break away from some woke trash or something you don't approve of in your life, and remember, you're going to live once. You don't want to regret this stuff when you're old and it's too late. You got to be like John and get away from the mainstream. You got to be like me and get away from the mainstream. If something evil is going on and you know evil because you can feel it in your soul when it's happening. The greatest way to do this is to do the smallest thing you can the first day. If you're afraid and you say, well, I want to get a new job doing X, Y, Z, then today what I want you to do is get on the internet and look up X, Y, Z. And that's all you have to do. Then tomorrow, maybe narrow it down to one you want to call or email. But just through accretion, success is achieved. Because here's the thing about life. You're building something moment to moment. Whether you like it or not, you're always building. So if you don't focus that building that you're doing, that step on Mount Everest, that one step, two step, three step, if you don't focus your steps, you're building garbage. You're building failure. But you're building a piece at a time. And our minds, for whatever reason, naturally, they want to look at the zenith of Everest. They want to look at the top and emotionally focus on that. Don't do that. That'll discourage you. Focus on the step right in front of you. So whatever you need to do, ask if you're so terrified and you're frozen with fear, the way out of it is saying, well, what is the smallest thing I can do to move in the direction I want? Because here's the thing about life and getting to your goals and achieving. Direction is more important than location. If you weigh 400 pounds and you want to get down to a good, healthy weight, well, you're not going to lose that weight in one day. You might take two, three years. But here's what you can say. Today you were 400 pounds. Tomorrow you were 399. So now you're doing it, baby. One day at a time. It's consistency. So if you're terrified, find the smallest thing you can do and do it today. And then tomorrow do something a little bit more. And the next day, a little, just be patient with yourself, but be consistent. Be consistent and that will get you there. But I'll tell you this. One more thing about making the jump like I did. There's never going to be a day where it feels safe and perfect and like it won't fail. You have to trust God and just jump. Indiana Jones stepping on the rock bridge in the last crusade movie. And see, again, look, at, I'm referencing a movie to encourage you and myself. Look at how important entertainment is. And again, we conservatives, religious people, we said entertainment is filthy and dirty and evil. It's not. Art is holy. It is holy. It is a gift from God that we can play act like we're creators like him. We're not truly creators, but we can play act like him and be creators and make fictitious stories to lift up other people. When I make Truth, Justice, American Way, yeah, when I make Truth, Justice, American Way and the story's so beautiful and it changes someone's life, that's an act of me loving someone. And that's the most important thing in the world I can do is love other people. If someone reads my book and they learn how to be a hero, I learned how to be a hero from like Han Solo. I wanted to be him when I was seven years old. And that's how important stories are. Gabe, you are inspiring. You're inspiring. And, you know, there's this great sentiment I've learned from all the great entrepreneurs I've had the blessing to meet in my life. 
you got to crawl, walk, run, but never stand still. And, and I think that you start slow and you just keep building momentum. And before you know it, you move the ball and, and you're doing something great and new. And you have inspired lots of people. Real quickly, we're going to wrap things up. But what's the best way to stay in touch with all you're doing right now, Gabe? It's Gabe El Taib everywhere on social media. G-A-B-E. Now, you got to get this last name right because English words don't end the way my last name ends. This is an Arabic last name. I mean, servant of God, by the way, in Arabic. E L. T-A-E-B. Do not flip the, the, the E and the B there. Beetle spelled backwards. Beetle spelled backwards like the band, not the insect. Gabe Tabe, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I love it. I interact with fans. I answer private messages. And I want you to go out today, right now. Don't wait. Get Truth, Justice, American Way. Let's show Warner Brothers and Disney, DC Comics, Marvel. Let's show them we are not going to let them groom our kids and do all this garbage that we are going to shepherd our children in the next generation and teach them love and strength and resolve and honesty and patriotism and love of this country because this country was paid for in blood. I love it, brother. You're inspiring. Your energy comes through that microphone. It's amazing. Uh, I was a football coach for years and my team's always won. I love it. I grew up in that tradition. I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four, like 290. I lift weights. So I'm, I'm big into that. I'm not a, I'm not an artiste, John. I'm an artist. <laughs> well, by brute force, you have changed the comic industry for the better, and we are grateful for that, my friend. What a great story. Everybody, go check out everything that Gabe is doing every day. This is an amazing project, one of the ways you can support free speech in America and great entertainment. Gabe, thanks for joining us today. We're going to have you back on real soon. Oh, please do, and uh, tell Amanda I said hello. I love it. Thank you so much, John. You as well, my friend. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Great show. A big thanks to David X. Sullivan for spending so much time with us, as well as Gabe El Taib. Two guys that are blazing a clear trail, willing to call an ace an ace and a spade a spade. That's kind of refreshing in an era where we try to call, well, women, men, men, women, uh, I don't know. But really great insights from people who are true experts at their profession. Check out Gabe's new comic project, Truth, Justice, American Way, and check that out. Support him if you were inspired by him. And of course, think about the things that David Sullivan said. I'm going to remember one headline from that interview. It shouldn't have taken this long to make a decision on the Hunter Biden criminal charges. All my reporting backs that up. There's no doubt this could have been resolved even before the 2020 election if it wasn't for the slow wheels of justice in this Justice Department here. 
All right, folks, have a great night. Thanks for listening. One quick thing I want to tell you about. We have our good friend, Philip Patrick, on the show all the time. He has been right on the money about every twist and turn that the Biden economy has taken since Joe Biden became president. And you've been hearing about inflation. You've been hearing about food shortages. You've been hearing about supply chain shortages, instability in the stock markets. We've all seen 10, 20% losses in the stock markets. So your 401k, your IRA, they're down if you're invested in traditional stocks. Well, the folks at Birch Gold Group have a solution for you, something to stabilize your portfolio, something to create a little more certainty. What do you do? You diversify your 401k or IRA if it's qualified into a gold, a physical gold IRA. The folks at Birch Gold Group have the best 20-page brochure you've ever seen on this. I didn't even know it was possible to invest in gold tax-free through your 401k or your IRA. But the Birch Gold Group educated me. That's why I'm smarter. That's why I'm telling you about it today. They've got an A-plus business rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands. I mean, thousands of those. I've talked to a lot of their customers myself as I did my due diligence. They are the best. And you know what Philip Patrick does when he's on the show every day. So you got really great opportunities. So if you want to get that book, get your portfolio diversified, get a little gold and silver in there, do me a favor. Text the word just news, just news to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you that 20 page kit, the info kit I got. It's amazing. You're going to be smarter. Whether you act on it or not, you're going to know about this option a lot of people didn't know was even available for retirement savings. And in this really incredibly hostile environment, it's shaking and zipping and going back and forth. Don't take the wild ride. You don't have to have all of your money in the stock market. Check out gold and silver today. It's a great stabilizer in any portfolio when inflation is big and stagflation is on a lot of people's minds. So one more time, checks the word just news to 98, 98, 98. You're going to get that free info kit from our good friends at Birch Gold Group. Check that out today. All right, folks, have a great night. God bless you. God, thank you so much for listening. And if you need a news fix, you know what to do. Go to justthenews.com anytime, day or night, even in the mid-morning hours. I woke up the other morning, like three in the morning. There were like a thousand people still on the Just the News site at three in the morning. So God bless you for reading late at night, early in the morning and all day long. We're so grateful for your support. Support our great advertisers like Birch Gold Group, our partners in all of these things. Tonight on Real America's Voice, I've got a special report on abortion and what comes next after the historic Supreme Court ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson, the case that overturned the Roe v. Wade precedent and sent the issue of whether abortion should be legal or how often they should be committed back to the states, sort of what the founding fathers intended in the Constitution. We're going to have that as well, an exciting special tonight, 6 p.m., Real America's Voice, Channel 219 on Dish Network, Channel 240 on the Pluto Network. On all the apps, including the great Real America's Voice app, the Just the News app, we got you covered. Check that special outside. Some really great guests, including Senator Marshall from the state of Kansas, a doctor, an obstetrician, gynecologist doctor. He has some very powerful things to say about the sanctity of light, about the medical procedures, and also about the disinformation, misinformation that is out there in the debate now that the Roe v. Wade precedent has been overturned. A lot of false reporting, like doctors are going to stop treating women with ectopic pregnancies. That is simply not true. Not true, but it's out there. People are saying it. Scare tactics. Get educated. Watch the special tonight. All right. Have a great night. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless the amazing country that is the United States of America. Good night. 
Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.